Hi again, everyone. Welcome back to the Leverage 10 podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Dobson, and today we'll be tackling the first part of the Leverage Summer Season Finale, Episode 509, The Rundown Job. Okay, could you do something for me, Kayla? Yes. Okay, when you edit this, keep the pre-roll where Paula talks the Because <laughs> she actually talked when the recorder was on. She usually doesn't We do have it off. on tape now. We do have it on tape filing. It'd be kind of like those Beatles tracks. <laughs> when you hear, like, yeah, just trying to start. Kind of tuning a little. Tuning, yeah. and then they get going. Exactly. It's the last podcast of the season. you got to talk at least once. Well, we got a laugh right there, right. so that counts. So as you've heard today, I'm joined by our usuals, executive producers and co-creators of Leverage, John Rogers and Chris Downey. And uh, Chris, you were, or no, you were both writers on this episode, correct? Yes. yes. Great. And we're also lucky enough to have Aldous Hodge here with us today, who plays Hardison. Hello, good morning, people. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Uh, we've collected your questions about the episode from Twitter and Facebook, so let's go ahead and get started. And first off, we have a question that our fans on Twitter have kind of been going crazy about. Uh, Candy Mays and everyone else on Twitter asks, Kane fans are definitely going to want his haircut discussed. Was there any specific reason? Was it his idea? What's going on? Uh, I think it was just time for a change. You know, we okay. all talk about maybe it's the last season, maybe it's not, and this mm-hmm. was the big summer blowout. And, um, you know, it's just it's time for change. You know, it looks great on him. Was, uh, it does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, I have all his hair. Just yeah. so yeah. you know, just if you want to send me, <laughs> want to send me money, I will send you hair that is John definitely has his. A wig that he made. I made it's, a wig of a, Christian Kane's yeah. hair that I wear. Was was he walking right. around uh, Portland with a bag on his head? I mean, yeah. I know that, that he tried he was, to hide it for like. He two really tried to hide it yeah. for a while. Yeah. Um, no, but it, look, it's it's uh, we joke about this every year, but like, it's 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 a pain in the ass to have long hair. So yeah, he, he really uh, and he made it. He does it for a character choice. He does it for the idea yeah. this guy's been disguising himself. And so the idea is finally he's comfortable enough, kind of in his own skin, that he can go back to mm-hmm. what he used to look like. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I'm moving on. We have another question, kind of asking about reasons things happening in this episode. Our favorite tornado puppy asks, uh, what was the reason? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the sound. I'm yeah. making that my ringtone, by the way. We're going to pull that. Uh, so what was the reason for the split? Was it scheduling or was it because you wanted to explore the different dynamics? Yeah, I, you know, we did it last year with the Girls Night Out and Boys Night Out job, and uh, that was so much fun. We decided, I think at the end, w- when we wrapped Girls and Boys Night Out, we decided next year we were going to split them uh, along this way. those lines. Yes, exactly, I, exactly this way. Exactly this way. Before we even knew how the relationships and stuff were going to yeah. play out, we wanted to try it at just a different combination. Yeah. yeah. And also because it's a freaking awesome idea. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Alice. Yeah. The, the great thing when we, we split the teams like this is you can have room for some big guest stars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we typically have the... A, tip, a regular episode where you have the whole team, we have a bad guy, we have a, a client, and there isn't a lot of room for somebody to come in. And Adam Baldwin, uh, you know, we were able to give him a, a nice role, and he's fantastic in the episode. Well, moving on, Aldis, I really want to hear your answer on this question. Uh, Z Miles asks, was Elliot being honest when he told Hardison that Hardison was the smartest guy he knew? He was, what about what about Nate? He was absolutely <laughs> honest. He was absolutely honest. Actually, that's a question for John. It's actually it, it's funny because that was very uh, that was a very arty day. Um, <laughs> that scene is based on something uh, one of my foster brothers, who's passed away, used to do. He used to you whenever I used to kind of get nervous, something he'd go he'd go, "You're smartest guy he knows. Calm down." You know, and it was very, it was very important to me that that was in his very sort of casual bluff way. That's his way he built mm-hmm. me up, and uh, in particular, the motion that Elliot does there when he pulls him in at forehead to forehead. That's how um, soldiers on the field talk. They tap helmets. They connect really? the helmets together. Yeah. So you, that's as close as you can get face to face, and 
uh, you know, he served, he was Air Force Search and Rescue. And, um, you know, he passed away about two years ago. And it was very important to me to try to, in that scene, because we all split different scenes. We all wrote, but that particular scene, one was mine. And that was um, me trying to get across what Hardison would need from Elliot and how Elliot would talk to him in sort of a pseudo combat situation. I drew on that experience of how my foster brother used to kind of bump me up when I when I get stressed out. Yeah. And it got very weepy. I'll fully admit I went out there and I started to explain it to him and I started to tear up and they started hugging me and it was I, I have to give him a lot of credit. I mean Christian in particular knowing he was essentially saying what my brother would say, um, took that uh, in, oh, hey, Beth Rescratch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, that's cool. We were just talking about the scene by the truck, actually, and saying uh, saying I got all oh, weepy on set. So summery. Uh, yeah. She is summery. Look at her. My red dress. I know. Uh, so, you know, it was very, particularly, I wish Christian was here because, uh, you know, he took very seriously the fact he was saying dialogue. Uh, it's Beth Rescrap. Oh, it's Beth Rescrap. Oh, hi. Hi. Hello, everyone. I'm, I'm joining the podcast. Yeah. She yeah. thought you could all see her. Like I said, I wish Christian was here because he took that very seriously, and I, I really... Uh, I really appreciate the fact you took it seriously, and after every take, he sort of came over to camera and saw, you know, yeah. you're doing okay, and you guys, I mean, we're, you guys made a big deal of it, and you guys treated it very seriously, and, and yeah. I appreciated that, and I think it comes across in that, um, in that performance, you guys really dug in on that, and a lot of your own friendship and your own relationships yeah. came through in that particular scene. Well, we, we, when the script came in, man, we kind of broke every scene down, because we know how important this particular episode was and how important it was for us personally and when it came to the scene in particular Kane was like look we both discussed how this is probably the best scene that you'll ever get out of Hardison and and Elliot in the past five seasons put together um this is the most honest and true and scared and and uh, hopeful that they've ever been and it was a real brother moment it's like this is the time where they really really come together so we wanted to make that the we wanted to really kind of bring the audience into that sense of camaraderie and that sense of love that they had for one another and that's what was most important to bring out of this uh, uh, for us and of course to honor to the honesty of the scene. I remember we had a million extras on set that day. We were like, you guys gotta go. Yeah. Clear out the scene. Yeah. Leave the public park where it's not illegal yeah, we had, we had, we for you to be. Selling hot dogs. It was kind of like shooting a sex scene. It was literally like everybody clear the set. Close set. Yeah, Close kids set. trying to play yeah. in the park. No, you gotta go. I don't care if you're three. We're pretending go. very hard here. <laughs> it was a very emotional emotional scene, though. Everybody on the crew was like, what's going on? <laughs> Even Gary, I think, the yeah, camera operator, yeah. was tearing up. Yeah. 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 Well, Beth, you have perfect timing, because the next question is kind of following up on this, but it regards Parker. D.B. Chen asks, so in Broken Wing Job, Parker mentions that Hardison's the smartest guy she knows, and in the rundown, rundown job, as we discussed, Elliot says the same. Is this foreshadowing that Hardison's building his own team? I can't say. Um, I'd say it echoes in the finale. Yeah, I would say it echoes in the finale, and I think it's pretty much a given that we all know he's he's running. You know, he's running a lot more than some of us some of the time, and most of the time he's got a lot happening. Um, well, well, that's why we put him on strike last year. I mean, we get it's very easy because yeah. Aldous plays him as a very relaxed character to kind of gloss over the fact that the entire infrastructure of leverage rides on the information flow. Uh, information asymmetry is the key to all insurgent warfare. So, you know, the, he's kind of that, he, he's the base of that. It's very easy to kind of gloss over that. So it's, it was good to tag it last year and it's good to kind of reinforce that this year. I can't, I, 
I, I just wanted to, let's just be honest with it. We're really just shouting the fact that Hardison is going to take over Apple and Microsoft and force them together. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it's, it's a company called Hardy Tech. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's what it is, people. Wow, that's, okay. yeah, sorry. I, so I had to put it out there, John. I had to put it out there. HDX on the uh, yeah, NASDAQ? Yeah, HDX. Uh, so How did you get HDX? That's great. You just came up pretty right good, up right? Good. Yeah, no, I, I do Nasdaq. Right I do drug names. Nice. I, drug I make balloon animals. Yeah, I, have of, I have a lot of talent. No, when, we do, when we're in the writer's room, he's always the one who comes up with the fake drug names. That's one of my hot. Pokemon or pharmaceutical name. That's that's usually what I do. Well, moving on, we have another Parker question. I am Foreman asks, the NSA having no file on Parker, was she really that far off the grid? And if so, how did Nate Sterling and Dubinich all have information on her? Uh, she is that far on, uh, that far off the grid. There's two, there's an interesting uh, idea that everybody's databases are the same, mm -hmm. and they're not. You know, the NSA would not have the same database as the FBI. They'd have to go looking for it. They'd have to go ask the FBI for it. She didn't do any sort of funky counterintelligence work or anything like that. So she just would not cross their radar. Um, and also, a lot of the information that Nate has and Dubenich managed to get up is that informal, a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. Yeah. Unless you have a different idea that she's like Miranda Zero and wiped her identity. <laughs> I'm like, well, she's actually a robot. Yeah. <laughs> which no one knows. <laughs> Spoilers! I'm sorry! Spoilers. I can thought we, we were going to... Uh, that's edit the this, whole right? point, oh. is that Artisan forges <laughs> Apple and Microsoft together. And so he's that created her. Cybertech system exactly. that creates sorry. a Parker Parkers. who goes back in time <laughs> to become Parker. By the way, that reminds me, we should just have a part of this podcast where we just beep like a portion of it and then just come back <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And just to be like the Nixon tapes, just Look, like let people exactly. like, and then the world ends. We yeah, come back yeah, on yeah. Just, just have like a long beat. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad. The audience is low. We should just tell them at the end of the season that, eh, and Nate and Toby, eh, and yeah. I think Twitter might actually explode if that happens. <laughs> and eh, is dead, and we're all very sad. Yeah, I'm hearing the Twitter exploding. <laughs> Um, well, I have to remind our fans that they can't they can't download the Robot Parker Hardison Skynet episodes yet off of iTunes. But don't forget, you can download all your favorite, relevant, real leverage episodes off of iTunes with a season pass. So don't forget. Seamless. Very seamless. That was perfect. I feel bad we're not whoring ourselves out to a corporate overlord because her voice is wasted on just pimping the episodes. You'd be a professional at this if you really tried. In I'm my, just saying. I'm just saying. If you you'd be awesome at this. I'm just throwing it out there <laughs> for giggles. I don't know. I'm pretty good at it too. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you were great on Corolla. If I could say, I thought you were oh, just like oh, flipping around. I, I go, Bits on Adam Corolla. <laughs> don't don't pimp other people's podcasts. I'm sorry. I did. <laughs> she was great. What are you doing? I'm saying if people want to get in the archive, she was great on Thank Adam you. Corolla. Thank you, Mr. Downey. That was fun. That was fun. Now that's my that's my ringtone. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Downey. What was that? What the hell was that? We'll get we'll get that up on iTunes. So moving on, we have um, a Hardison question. Unknown asks, uh, is it me or does Aldous have a very distinct voice for action? When he has the freak out over the discovery of the Spanish flu and later clears the train car, there's a voice we don't normally hear from him. Is that the actor's choice? No, it's just... That's scared as shit choice. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll break it down like this. A, a digital voice box. Yeah. Um, 
You know, when I wake up in the morning, there's a different voice. You know, when I'm having sexy time, you know, there's a different voice. That when I'm scared, me. it haunts me. It, it does. It does. I don't. Well, you shouldn't have been there, John. You I shouldn't. Know, that was your just, choice. That was your choice. No, Nobody told you. Right you should. I'm just saying. Time, so, and you know, when I'm scared, there's a certain voice. Um, so what, what you gotta scared, realize? Sexy time. Is that both scared sexy time. Actually, I gave you scared sexy time. <laughs> I, I gave you scared sexy time, so that was that was what Look, was. Getting cast on a television show is a very difficult and arduous process. John walking in would be scared sexy time. Wait, I, think. I need to know who unknown <laughs> is and, and why are you listening that hard? <laughs> like, hey, he sounds different. Yeah, because the world is about to end. I think you might sound a little different too. But uh, no, it's not a it's not a, a specific choice. It's just going with the moment. And I know sometimes, you know, you you. You, I mean, shoot, you, you sound different all the time. Even Actually, like you pointed out, John, you sound different standing up than when you do talking sitting down. Yeah. Um, but that was, oh, my balls are in my throat because I'm scared as hell the world's going to die, and there it goes. That makes sense. That makes Our sense. fans pick up on these things. Yep. Yeah, they, they apparently do. You guys are not making this easy for us, are you? They're relentless. I like it. They're inexorable. Like <laughs> well, moving on, we have another question actually for Beth. Uh, Selkie Ashore asks... How much of the Claymore dismantling stunt was actually Beth, and how much was it the double? Beth! It was <laughs> Beth! It was Beth! It was me! I was excited, except for some of the end wasn't The flip totally. over wasn't. Yeah, the back, the back, over. The back the walkover was not me. Yeah, but everything else was me. It was funny because I actually did... We, we didn't know how much I was going to do. We had rehearsed it a bunch, but really? I was like, oh, yeah, just let me go, and then we'll see where we stop. Well, I went all the way down into the back bend, down to the ground, and then we, yeah. they called cut, and Dean was like, what the hell? Yeah, because <laughs> our camera angle is past the claymore to the face. So yeah. we're, we're seeing past the camera, but we can't really see who's doing it because it's too far away. Yeah. So we're like, oh, wow, oh, good climb. Good, that stunty's doing a good job. And then we look at the camera in the back bend, and both Dean and I are like, is that Beth? <laughs> is that Beth upside down? And then you went, yeah, it was it was a total surprise to us because we didn't realize you were going to do it all the way through. Yeah, well, That's, yeah. we rehearsed for, I don't know, an hour or so. Yeah, and the yeah. stunt, the stunt um, Emily, she she did do a run-through of it, so I don't know if they used bits of her or not. No, I, no, I have to, but she used yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, um, I was very proud of myself for that one because I didn't As know if I was going to be able to do it. back to your girlhood in Minnesota climbing trees, right? Yeah. I mean, weren't, weren't, were you the one that was like, if, <laughs> bet if you trees are hands for black trees are hands By the way, I'm just, I mean, do, do we, yes. I mean, do we put it in these terms for the, the, for the jealous fanboys out there, Beth climbing like a tree? Yeah. <laughs> with, Al, with, with Elliot, with his uh, with his hands firmly clenched by your hips. You ruined it. Now you ruined it. For a second series, the fans I made it better. There's probably fanfic about it. Yeah. Honestly. Actually, it was my leg. It was from the knee down yeah. to the calf area. You know what? Down the OT3 the... is very important. Don't mess with it. All right. Okay. <laughs> yes. OT3 isn't dirty, by the way. I, don't know I took it there, though. No. Well, it's uh, dirty when you get there. But OT3... Yeah, I thought it was dirty. No, no. It's OTP dirty? is one true pair. OT3 is one true three. One true three. It's 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 the threesome on shows that have like a great emotional bond and core. Like oh. Menace No, it doesn't have to go there. <laughs> like Menace Not always. Not always. <laughs> but in this instance. No, why do I have why? to know this? Why? Because you know what? Hey, the man, media is new drugs, and changing sir. and the fans you know are talking about right. Look, knowing, knowing your OTP is a very big part of designing a show now. That's who the fans <laughs> respond to. 
All right, well, now for something completely different, before we go off too much on a tangent. Uh, Ruben asks, the TriMet subway, you run, <laughs> runs something like 20 hours a day, and the zoo stop is right in the middle of things. Did you guys have to film in the middle of the night, or did you actually get them to stop for you? We, and we filmed at the earliest point in the morning. <laughs> it was kind of like, remember when you play touch football in the street? Yes. We had a guy at the end saying, car! Except the car was a, a subway. train. <laughs> Um, I would say at 4 o'clock in the morning in a freezing cold tunnel, shooting and trying to run for your life from a train. Yeah, we go there, people. We go hard for our fans. Just letting you know. Our yeah. friends at the TriMet at no point shut down their service or inconvenienced anyway, anyone in any way in order to let us shoot. Uh, there is precisely one subway stop, which Chris and Dean found on their, their trip the previous year, uh, which they Speaking then... Of the, the, yeah, uh, you are... You, you and, and Dean in a train tunnel are... are you know, you're not. You don't understand this term at all. Okay. No. So, <laughs> the point being, you found one subway stop and managed to integrate it into this big giant finale. Right. Uh, and uh, because we could not stop the uh, service, uh, we waited until the service stopped naturally, which is only between the hours of 12:30 and 4 a.m. At which point, we then went downstairs and shot everything in that four hours. Uh, we did shoot some before the service stopped, which is where they're on the platform and you see mm -hmm. the trains going in and out. Uh, which was actually pretty funny because we had that giant crowd of extras there. Yeah. So as the train pulled in, everyone on the train, who's usually used to an empty station, is like, what the hell is going on? There's 200 people waiting to get on the yeah. train. Yeah. I was about to say, let's, we, uh, when we were shooting that with the train actually running live, we had a very, very complicated uh, long, long shot of us you know, running to one side and then we had to run to the other side. And we had to time it out perfectly because we were trying to catch the train as it was actually coming in. So every time the train came in, everybody was like, like, if, I don't care what we were doing. If somebody had to go to the bathroom, <laughs> if we were in the middle of eating, whatever, stop everything. The train is coming. Damn it, shoot. We shoot. <laughs> train! train! Go shoot! Well, <laughs> you can actually go on iTunes and download the behind the scenes. Uh, yeah, that's really behind cool. the scenes. Because that. Because Our camera operator was on a Segway. That's Gary on the Segway. A seg especially modified Segway, he steers with his knees. Yeah. So that was, it's yeah. Really yeah, and it was we pretty were cool. timing a run with two trains in arriving at different times. Arriving at different times in opposing directions, like yeah. it was the most and complicated. And they're not synced. They're and they're not, not synced at all. It yes. was total coincidence. It really was just getting really yeah. freaking lucky for Guessing. that last. Show. And let's uh, yeah. let's give Gary Camp some oh, more yeah. credit because Ooh. of the fact that he's running this. First of all, timing is crazy. He's powering a Segway and he's got like a seventy-something pound camera on that he has to balance on the Segway. The Segway is all about balance. How he did not fall, I have no idea. But the man yeah. is a genius at what he does. No, right. and not yeah. fall yeah. and onto at the tracks of an it's oncoming it, train. On the tracks. Yeah, and <laughs> and the be able to whisper to us, uh, Eldest, to your left. To your left. Like if, if <laughs> yeah. we're a little off, he like then is like Beth. Can people get Oscars for camera work? God dang. I know they can. He, he should. I mean, I mean camera work for TV. Can they get the Oscars best, for TV the camera work? operator on Earth. There's, yeah, there's yeah. no debate. I've never seen a camera operator better than Gary. Yeah, man. And so, as a follow-up to that, how tough was it getting all of the crew down such down the two tiny little elevators? It was, yes, it was not fun. <laughs> It was, uh, they were tiny it's elevators. Part of the question. Yeah. It's important to address. Uh, it, we, we basically camped down there. Like, once you went down, you kind of lived down there, and then people would go up to get air and shifts. <laughs> but it got yeah. cold down there, man. Yeah, it got, yeah. For going down, you better go scary. to the bathroom, you better eat something, because you're going to be down there for a while. It's like, oh, I'm stuck in a cavernous well. We're, what, well, a few hundred feet underground? That's right. Awesome. Remember, we went down that tunnel to where we, because we parked the train so you couldn't see the station around the turn if you yeah. decided to do a reverse shot, which we never wound up doing, actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
And there's a big empty chamber in the center in between those two tracks that just, like, has a grill on it, and we have no idea what it's for. It's just this empty killing floor down in the subway. It was like the real version of the lab. And you can hear your shoes, like, click, click, click. Like, it's all quiet, and everybody's kind of tired. And suddenly, wasn't it the three of us, Downey, Rogers, and me, and I'm, like, freezing in a parka, and we're all like, oh, this is cool. What? What's that giant room right there? Right, and all of a sudden, John's like, yeah. and I'm like, stop it! Don't do that! And then, like, yeah. circus weird, like, oh, yeah, yeah, calliope. Yes! And then, basically, yeah. Look, a pretty girl is coming to the subway. So after that, I didn't even want to be down there anymore. And I still had to light some stuff like on fire it was, it was it was terrifying yeah, it was. cannibalistic humanoid Don't underground dwellers everyone got a little well yeah and then you would come up later and like blow on or like touch hair on my head yeah. without telling yeah, me yeah the no, trick is just to like don't tell that that's that's harassment that don't say that that's you, so you yeah there was the out out there the people know they get south they know a lot of creepy it was creepy down there man it was even with like 100 people down there it was creepy there was no cell service either so yeah yeah exactly which is the the classic trope in the horror movie like yeah. oh, there's there's always that yeah. moment you have to do in every horror movie now. Oh, my cell doesn't work here. And Not to mention we're running on tracks where we can trip every minute. And you know, classic. If you're in a horror film and you're running, you have to trip on trip. something. Yeah, you trip exactly. on air. So there's no trip cell service track. in case you look, die. You can't let anybody look. know. You're the black guy, you're going to die first. You're not going to suffer. It's not, no, you no, don't have see, a lot John, to worry about. The thing is, you got to understand in real life, this is how, this is where they mess up with horror films. The black guy would never die first because he runs first. As soon as they say, hey, we're going to a cabin of woods, the black guy says, y'all have fun. Um, as soon as they get to the creepy house and they were like, hey, we want to go downstairs, the black guy's waiting at the top like, I'm going to see y'all when y'all get out. I, I'm in the car. It started. You know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, I mean, we always carry a little something on us just in case. You know what I'm saying? Just in case I gotta pop a ghost in the ass, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it would, it would end differently if, like, I'm the zombie cannibal. Oh, oh God! Exactly. I did not expect one of the teenagers to have a gun. You need to write the true, honest story of the brother in the scary film. I've had ten straight years of murdering helpless white people. Now I've. Oh, I've been foiled by an African-American <laughs> tourist. Exactly. See, that's there exactly you go. how There you go. Now it's good to know. Now it's the world know. knows. Now you know. Yep. That's why I'm not dead. Yeah. More you know. Well, now we have a Hardison Parker Elliott question. Uh, Apparently, that's abbreviated to HPE. That's a mm, thing. I didn't know that. That was HPE. Yeah, you know me. That's 50 grand. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. You know me. That was the bad name of the Republic. It. No, no, it's parody. Actually, parody yeah, is that's right. Yeah, you can create it. Oh, right. So, it's good that when you... like, does that come out of mine? As long as it's not mine, I'm fine. So, Nav asks, any explanation why HPE were on their own in D.C.? And they were obviously finishing up a job, but I find it kind of strange that Nate and Sophie would let them run off by themselves. Why weren't they involved in the first place? Was this Nate just testing them? What happened was Hardison and Parker, they were trying to get a little romantical getaway, right? And then Elliot came along because he was trying to be, you know, he, he was just trying to monitor, you know what I'm saying, trying to go do his own single yeah, man thing. Yeah, get a haircut. You know, exactly. Get a haircut. That's um, right. Well, what exactly. happened was he lost, he he lost a bet And the, the scissors which cut Samson's hair are kept in a museum in Washington. Exactly. exactly. That's exactly. had to break out. In order out. to get his hair. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. That, now there, I want to see that. <laughs> yes. That's I said, like rare. I have to cut 
cut my hair, but in order to not to lose my strength, I must use this for the blade. That's very librarian. But then we come across the virus. Then something happens, and you know, we start stealing stuff again, and then boom, the virus. So there you go, boom. That's it. The actual reason is that uh, something we've kind of implied is every now and then, like when we send people ahead to do scouting and stuff, Mm -hmm. if it's specifically just a a small partial part of the case or stuff that you don't see, the team will occasionally split up to, to like divvy up. This was the tail end, like the easy heist end of a case where there was no further con, so why not just send them on? Send them out. Also, you know, Nate and Sophie want a little damn time to themselves. Yeah, a little sexy time. Come on, a little sexy time. You're big yeah, on the sexy we're, time we're today. Nate's voice changes. Yeah. What's, they asked me about the voice change. Job. I know. I know. Job. I know. No. You know. You know the voice. Uh-oh. Oh, there it is. Uh-oh. There it is. Oh, this is. That's late night. Sexual check. It's 12 to 4 a.m. on your radio dial. <laughs> Nothing but Al Green all night long. A woman said, your voice is like milk chocolate. I was like, no, melted chocolate. Melted I was like, all right, good. Oh, yeah, I don't know how that like correlates, but hey, my mom is standing yeah. right here, so that's kind of weird, but thank you very much. Your voice yeah. was like milk chocolate. It would make you, so yeah. it's sweet and makes me phlegmy. I don't uh, I, uh, <laughs> I think, I think Or rich and dark. Yeah, rich and, and buttery. Yeah. Uh, all right. Come on. Uh, our last question kind of follows up on that. Thank Su- God. Sue <laughs> Su- <laughs> N asks, uh, in the flashback in the season opener, Elliot seemed happy to be working with his old colleague again, but in rundown, he seemed more hesitant. Was it just uh, Parker and Hardison's involvement that worried him a bit, or is the soldier thing another part of the past he's trying to leave behind? Um, well, look, there's a big difference between your buddy calling you and say, let's go to a rant and blow some shit up like old days, and uh, and you get to go and do that, and all of a sudden being accused of something and dragooned into something and roped into something you don't want to do. Uh, and that was really the context. Look, if you watch the performance up to the point where Vance walks up before arrests him, he's going up, he's treating him like a professional, he's giving him the download, he's giving him the proper briefing you give a superior officer. Um, so there, uh, so that's why the difference in context. Wait, 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 we're going we're gonna to wrap up, so you yeah, can yeah. say goodbye. So that's, that's why. All right, so that does it for the first part of the summer season finale episode, and as we know, Aldous has to take yeah, off, so we're I thought wrapping there was up. A, was there a bonus question? We do have a bonus question, but... It's okay. You can go. Uh, yes. All right. Well, thank you, people. Thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you for always supporting us in our seasons. Thank you for watching this episode, and I got to go, but hopefully I will see y'all next year. Bye. Bye. So do we want to tackle the bonus question? Well, let me just say, well, we're going to do the bonus question. We'll do the bonus question. We'll do the bonus question. We'll wrap up the This one's chaotic. This one, people are leaving, people are entering. It's like the Tonight Show. I know. It's the Bob Hope used to come by. Bob Hope would just show up in the middle. Hey, I was in the studio. Yeah. We've given up. So, bonus question. Kala asks, I did like the parallels between the episodes, the addition of an old colleague, Vance and Sterling, and the presence of false walls, etc. Were these parallels intentional or just coincidental? Uh, they were intentional for the um, for the colleagues. The idea that you'd have, you'd right. need one person to kind of introduce the, uh, to introduce and act as a pseudo-antagonist in both stories. Okay. Uh, the False Walls was a coincidence, actually, to tell yeah, you the I truth. Think we just, oh. that was just in the breaking well, of the story. Well, also the way the set was built, the set, the, the break into the basement was supposed to look a little different okay. than the yeah. vault, and it just turned out into two different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, it just honestly just one of those making television very quickly things. It's Jeremy Bernstein. <laughs> and Jeremy Bernstein. Jeremy Bernstein. Like, like Bob Hope coming on to The Tonight Show. <laughs> No, it's just come on in, Jeremy. Everyone's uh, arriving. Come on in. And leaving. Yeah. It's you know what? It's, 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 it's you know what this? It's becoming very Dean Martin, is what it, it is. is. It's just like we Listen, should have the clink of. Uh, I did text Alice glasses. to tell him I was on my way. Yeah, yeah, oh, wow, well, he didn't tell us. He <laughs> wanted to start without you. Sit down, Jeremy. We should we'll do the thing with the doors that open. Hey, everyone, welcome. We will. We'll add the doors. Hi, hi. Look who swung by the NBC Christmas special. Hi, guys. Where's Dean?
I've got uh, a song I'd like to sing. I know, that's a perfect uh, segue to say we forgot to mention Josh Shear as one of the writers on this episode, did a fantastic job also. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, when, these, we were, when, we were, these, when we were going, these were all... Uh, all hands we were, on deck. All hands on deck. And yep. uh, Josh did, particularly on uh, a lot of the chase stuff. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, there's our shout-out to Josh Shear. We're, uh, we're going to wrap this one up and get ready for the next podcast so Jeremy can join us. Um, <laughs> that was timed well. Uh, exactly, exactly. Um, so then, uh, then uh, David Bowie and Bing Crosby. Yeah, like sing Little Drummer <laughs> Boy. Nice. Stay tuned. Deep cut, deep cut, ladies and gentlemen. Deep, I like that. So thanks again to all of our guests for being here. Don't forget to listen next week when we do answer the questions on 510, Frame Up Job. And don't forget Grifters, the Leverage Winter Season premieres on an all-new day and time, 10 p.m. Pacific on Tuesday, November 27th, only on TNT. So be sure to watch. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lev10Podcast. And thank you for listening. Thank you. Don't forget, Grifters, you can download the new Season 5 episodes from iTunes after they air, as well as all your old favorites. And be sure to check out the new Leverage Series Companion ebook, available for download on the iTunes Store.